All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. For the final time in 2023, we are back together. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosso for the Friday edition, excuse me, of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano. What's going on, Rosie? How are you? What's happening? Last one of the year. That's true. That's true. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty crazy how quickly time has flown. And we will dedicate uh, a segment on today's podcast to reviewing 2023 from a Maple Leafs perspective. You're sort of going to be stunned by their record over the calendar year in uh, regular season play, at least. So we'll go over that. Some New Year's resolutions. You got any resolutions? No, I want to work out a little okay. bit more like standard, right? But I've been doing that since October. Uh, I've been playing squash, burning the calories. So it feels good doing that. I actually enjoy doing that because I kind of hate working out. I used to have to do it for a living and... You know, there's enough motivation there and now the motivation's gone. And it's like, I just, I quit. I just find myself quitting when it gets hard. I'm just like, ah, this hurts. Fuck it. And I quit. So playing squash is really good. And then try to lift uh, here and there and, you know, try to stay on top of that and stay heart healthy, baby. It's funny you brought that up because uh, I think it's always so interesting when you see somebody retire from the NHL or stop playing. And then you see like a picture or video of them like six months later and you're like, holy shit, what happened? But you're speaking to it. It's pretty easy now. Like the Keith to Chucks. Uh, I didn't mention names. I didn't mention names. I just said a lot of players bulk up the wrong way. Yeah. Some guys battle the bulge. Like just depends on your body type and yeah. how you like to eat, how much you like food, how much you like going out and having dessert and all that stuff. Like uh, some guys battle it and, and, and never do anything. Some guys try to keep, you know, battle the bulge when they're playing. And I mean, you're burning a ton of calories. So when you stop doing that and you don't have the motivation to work out, yeah, you're going to blow up. Oh, definitely. And I think my New Year's resolutions will stem around the same type of thing. Uh, My guilty pleasure is pizza. I eat way too much pizza. And I think dieting is one thing I'll look at. You know, I work out quite a bit, but get your body in even better shape, I think would be uh, a thing I would look at. And I think it's, it's always healthy to have like motivations in mind, like something to look forward to, something to work for, right? 
Yeah, whatever does it for you, man. I don't know the yeah. everyone. It's just kind of the the battle of many adults, man. Like what what keeps me healthy? What motivates me to do it? How do I stay on track? How do I stay disciplined? Um, you know, these crash diets or, you know, a lot of people go on, you know, just absolutely crank it for like a month and just lose all this weight and blah blah. And oh my gosh, I get my goal. And then it's like, then for a month they just gorge like pizza and shit and it's like <laughs> my god why did you do that man what was the point so everyone's different man but it's tough no doubt to time is a, is a factor energy motivation it's it's tough out there man as an avid gym goer uh th- this is a tough time of year where everybody goes to the gym and then january one rolls around you have the new year's resolution so i'm looking forward <laughs> to that at the gym also looking forward to new year's i was telling you guys off air before we came on air here how I've been uh, thoroughly reminded the last couple of days why I hate New Year's so much now with the pandemic being over, trying to schedule and plan. You got any plans? Yeah, right after this, me and the family are going out to Golden, British Columbia, Uh-oh. and got a buddy out there. We're gonna stay at the at the place, do some, I think, tubing down some mountains and some skating and a little snowmobiling. Yeah, it's looking like a nice little weekend with the fam. So looking forward to it. Full-fledged family guy. I respect that. I'm obviously a bit different being a single 34-year-old, and I'm looking to to party. I mean, bottle service could be an option, but uh, I can't believe uh, inflation, I guess, but prices of bottle service if it's like two or three people, man. And and that's what I'm staring dark in the eyes right now, wondering if I should even go out on New Year's Eve at all. But like that is a reality for anybody who's gone out on New Year's Eve. The, The prices surge like crazy. But yeah, it's... It's going to be tough to decide what to do over the next couple of days here. Well, downtown T dot. I don't think you're going to have too much trouble, but uh, do a little pre-drinky and then just uh, you know you don't have to you don't have to drink to have fun, Nick. You know you can just get some uh, some some soda water and lime and just yeah. enjoy yourself. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. I'd go out on New Year's Eve and drink water all night. Uh, speaking of which, do you have any? cool stories or good stories from your days in the show like i'm sure there was some legendary like new year's parties i know it's a bit different because i think back in the day there were less games on 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 new year's eve maybe don't quote me on that but like it seems like this year most teams play around new year's eve or new year's day it's just a lot of a you know different style in terms of ratings and tv but do you recall any parties that you guys had like post game or anything like that I really don't, man. I mean, we usually get your little couple days off at Christmas and then you're going guns blazing there into the new year. I, I always remember like it, it wasn't that big of a deal because you'd, you'd usually like play that night or the next day or this or practice. So it's just, it wasn't really, um, that big of a thing. Of course there was some parties and stuff, but it wasn't like these, these wild stand out in your mind type of things. And if they were, you kind of end up forgetting about them too. So yeah. nothing crazy. I mean, that job, you usually are working when other people have got time off. So it doesn't really line up with the same type of holidays that other people get, man. You know what show I've randomly been binging lately entourage. Did you ever watch it? I went back and watched it this year, dude, like the whole thing. Dude. Cause I'd watched it when it was young Dude, you couldn't get away with it. like it's so offside compared to like PC culture today. You'd be canceled in a second for making that show. It was pretty wild. I can't believe like it's very similar to like The Godfather. It's um it's very similar to obviously like other shows where you're like, why did it take me this long to watch? Like, what's the other one that's escaping my mind right now? It's a mob based show. Why can't I remember the name? Sopranos. Yeah, I watched Sopranos and I couldn't believe it took me that long to watch. Like, I loved it. And it's happening right now with Entourage. And as you know, like I become, you know, buddy, buddy with Kevin Conley, who's on the show, plays E. And it's sort of cool seeing him at that age. Like, I think you just see that life and you're like, holy crap, that's a life life of lavish and all the the, the random appearances in the show, celebrity appearances. Like, it's, it's a really good show, man. I like it. Did you not watch it when it came out? No, like, uh, I don't know. I guess oh, it was wow. in an era. My brother owned a couple of the box sets. I watched a couple episodes here and there. I watched the movie, but like, I didn't know the whole story. And now I'm watching it unfold. I'm like, this is such a good premise for a show. I am. Uh, I'm jealous that you're watching it for the first time. Cause I, I, I watched it again here this year, maybe in the spring. And I had to go look and say, and see like what kind of like lash lashback or uh, that they yeah. were, that they were getting these days because i mean 
they're totally objectifying women like crazy. <laughs> and that's kind of the biggest premise. And it's just a bunch of young single guys chasing women. Right. So of course I check it out and it's just, uh, it's just out the ass with people just saying yeah. the audacity of it and that toxic masculinity. And I had to kind of have a chuckle at that, but yeah, it's uh it's pretty hardcore. But at the time you didn't even notice, you just thought, Oh, it's a wicked guys show, you know, and I knew girls that watched it and liked it too. So I don't know. Times have sure changed in the last decade. They have every character is fantastic. Obviously Ari Gold's like the easy choice, just a, a Supreme character, just so phenomenally done in that show. But a, a, every character Boy. has its purpose. I'm really enjoying it. Like Mandy Moore's in there, Jessica Alba, like every new character they bring in has a purpose. I think it's so well done, man. It was uh, it was Cameo City with that series, yeah. and, and Lloyd Ari's uh, he's like an Asian gay um, uh, personal assistant. He's the yeah. funniest guy, the nicest oh. guy. He's one of my favorite characters. But the yeah. way Ari treats him, oh, that was I think that was the biggest reason I went to the internet to said I got to see what they're saying about this because good lord, was Ari hard on him and uh, yeah. not these days, man, and rightfully so probably. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I'm just about to wrap season three. So uh, Sloan's entered the picture, which is always great. But you could check out. I think Victory is the podcast they do. <laughs> Quick story. I yeah. uh, Luke Shin was at like oh. a, a side deal, right? Doing something for something. Uh, and Sloan was there. And this was probably 2010. So kind of like right in the thick of Pete Entourage Sloan. or had just wrapped or something like that. And they had exchanged numbers. And maybe it was before this, 2008, maybe uh, his rookie year. They exchanged numbers. And then before he had called her, he had met or got together with his current now wife. So he didn't end up calling Sloan, but he had that opportunity. He's doing pretty wow. good anyways. It's all good. Yeah. But a little little side fact, Shenner had her number and could ask her out. Wow. Wheels McGee. She probably found out he had the keys to every restaurant in the city, right? He was the face of the franchise, eighteen-year-old demon, <laughs> Mister Mister Human Eraser. We do we do love uh, Luki Shen. We love Entourage. I think they do a podcast called Victory. Make sure to go check that out. And one day, I vow to have Kevin Conley on this show. It's just a bit difficult to book the guy. He is very very busy, but we do keep in touch. Big time New York Islanders fan, by the way. Nation Gears Boxing Week Bonanza is bigger and better than ever. From December 26th to December 31st, save 15% on all merch and unlock free shipping when you spend $200 or more. Check out the collections and support the pod today at nationgear.ca. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change, terms apply, and should mention as well, at the Leafs Nation 401. If you're watching right now or not subscribed, please subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. So two more games, Rosie, remaining in 2023, the calendar year for the Maple Leafs. And lo and behold, it is Columbus yet again. Second time in a week. They went in there last Saturday, got the 4-1 win. A couple weeks back on the uh, December 15th, I guess. That wacky, crazy game where they spotted Columbus a 5 nothing lead and then lost 6-5 in OT after scoring five unanswered goals in the third period. You're smiling because I think it's hilarious, too, to think back to that game. But can only wonder what's in store for this one. Honestly, that's my thing. I, I'm i not going to say I'm done making predictions, but it's just you can't predict this team. I just, yeah. I, I can't find a rhyme or reason to figure out why they show up and when they show up and who they show up against. Um, I don't like Sammy's probably going to be in. So like, what are we going to expect out of that? Is, is he just, has he lost it? Will this be, you know, one of his last starts? Are they going to, are they going to ride Jonesy as long as they can until Wolsey's healthy? If, if, if Wool doesn't, or if uh, Sammy doesn't find it tonight, um, you know, you're, you're supposed to think of them as the lowly, Columbus Blue Jackets, but they worry me because it's the freaking Leafs playing them. And that's a big question mark on like, they never learn their lesson. You, you keep thinking, I mean, I've go roll the tape. I've said it a bunch of times. Like they're not going to do this again. Oh, they're going to be ready for this. Oh, they know they're going to be saying and preaching really hard. Like make sure we're up for this one. No, they, they just, they, you just can't predict it, man. I don't know what's going on with that locker room. I don't know who's leading them or what kind of ability they have to, prepare these guys but i have no bloody clue what's going to happen tonight 
I'm happy you're sitting down because the uh, the numbers for Samsonov are downright revolting. He has been confirmed as a starter, by the way, for this game. His last five appearances, 1-1-3, one, one, 4.17, 8.59. He's been pulled in back-to-back starts. He's surrendered 15 goals in the past three appearances. Believe it or not, I like the under tonight. You like the under tonight? Dude, What's that's the only way they're going to win with this guy. It's going to be puck off the glass. It should be puck off the glass. Let's win a 2-1 hockey game. You never know with this team, but... Dude, this I team think- is not a 2-1 hockey game. They got Sammy in. They play nothing but offense. I'm mashing the over. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah. You're playing Columbus. Like, Austin Matthews doing what he's doing. The other guys seem to be finding it as well. And Sammy's an absolute anomaly. The both teams are capable of scoring five straight on each other. Let's let's go against each other and and meet up and see what uh, yeah what, who wins the cash. A fair bet. I think the number's at six and a half, so uh, it could even be seven. But regardless, I mean six and a half or seven. I think you're expecting forecasting eight nine goals, which is understandable. But I think the Leafs have to realize that that's probably the only way they're going to win. I'm just uh, I think it's the last one. For Samsonov, I truly do feel that way. Like if he can't turn in a good effort where he has a, we'll say a 9-10 save percentage, which is probably around league average, I think obviously they have a major decision to be made, the conditioning stint or waivers. Like we're at that point where this is it. And that's why I expect the monster effort. On top of that, this is the first time in a while we're going to see a healthy blue line. Like Mark Giordano's coming back, uh, missed 12 games, broken finger. They went 6-3-3 and without him. So like, we'll get a legitimate look at what they have and what they need to do. And it's, it's one game. It's a couple games over the weekend, but I think we're, we're finally, we're finally going to going to see that blue line back together. And I wonder in turn, if that turns in a solid defensive performance, I mean, that, that, that is a tough ask. Don't get me wrong. Cause this team has plagued themselves defensively, but uh, I wonder about it. Yeah, me too. Like I said, I wonder <laughs> as well. I scratch my head. I don't know what they're going to come up with. Yeah. Um, Maybe they can outscore their problems. Maybe the healthy D line will will hold it down. Maybe the forwards will decide to to play a team game and and think about two way hockey. Uh, maybe the leadership in the room will get the guys ready to play and have them focused and have some accountability. Uh, maybe Keith will will have a game plan that that they can execute that's that's reasonable and rational and and has both sides of the ice covered. I don't freaking know, man. I don't know their last. Like to go up two nothing last game against Ottawa. I know you guys broke it down yesterday. I wasn't able to, but it's just like they can they can come out and lay an absolute egg in the first period and and lose the game and not be ready, or they can come out, get up two goals, and then just shut it right down, abandon all the all systems, play more on street hockey, and and lose a game. It's just I just don't know what they're gonna do and 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 how they're gonna prepare. I'm done making making predictions because they're so Jekyll and Hyde and yin and yang. I don't know what to expect. I don't know which team's going to show up. And even, even when the good team shows up, it's just because they have so much firepower up front often that they have the puck the whole time. They're in the ozone the whole time. Austin Matthews gets two and one and and they win the game. But, you know, I just, it's just been so many times that I think they've learned their lesson and they haven't that I'm not going to sit here and say they're ready for Columbus. I sense you're on a ledge right now. Like you sound like me on like a random Thursday here. I didn't get to vent yesterday. Um, I'm just tired of it, man. You see the blown leads, the blown starts, the the losses to the bottom feeders. Like how many, how, do you have any, like how do you consider yourself a high-end team a championship worthy team when your record against bullshit teams is that, I mean, it's not like, okay, you're not going to face a bullshit team in the Stanley cup finals, but how, how do you not have enough pride and enough ability and enough sound, systematic, well-rounded hockey team to beat those teams more often than not. And then to lose to them, that's fine. That happens in, in this league, anyone can beat you, but to do it over and over and over and over and over. It's just like, what are we doing in that locker room? Who's preparing you for these games? Like that's bullshit. That's, that's minor league shit where, you know, you have a, just a, 
uh, just a thrown together lunch pail gang of different guys' draft picks and everyone's clawing to get called up and it's not really a big team unity thing. You're the Maple Leafs who are trying to make a run here who are supposed to be in your prime and you consistently show up with those efforts against bullshit teams. It's so unacceptable. And I tweeted something the other day saying, do you think Keith ever reams these guys out or does he just come in and say, ah, oh, tough one guys like, or is it a dress? Like do you guys, are you guys fucking professionals? What are you guys doing out there? Like, where's your head at before the game? Are you guys that cocky? And are you that big of divas that you think you just don't have to try because this team's lower than in the standings? Like, are you like, it's just unacceptable, man. And I, yeah, I'm on a ledge. I'm, I'm not happy with it. And that's why I'm not making any predictions for tonight. Cause I've, I'm just been burnt by this team so many times with, you know, to expect what you should get and to get what you get is just fucking mind boggling. We talked about this yesterday. It almost feels like Sheldon Keefe feels at least like he can't do anything. Like, I mean, you look around the league and to an extent, Calgary's done it with Jonathan Huberdeau. The guy's pointless in like, what is it? Like 14 straight games. And it is a stats league. It is a points league. So at the very least produce, and he's not doing that. But like, I can't remember a time where they sat down one of the big four or a guy who wasn't playing well, like a Mitch Marner has been very, very inconsistent lately. Not to pick on him. Everybody has, you know, pulled their weight when it comes to being really, really bad throughout the season. But they really haven't like, done that ever in the Sheldon Keefe era where it's like you're you're benching a guy you're sitting a guy down you're sending a message but I get the sense like Keefe has no power over these guys man they make like 11 million bucks per season I know everybody yesterday in the chat were saying well that's a lazy excuse like these guys are pros they should get the job done which to a degree I agree with I mean you look at other teams that finally pushed through McKinnon did it Vegas did it Pittsburgh's done it but you start to wonder internally is it the core guys the problem here well, when you got that much tied up in them, you're saying you are the basis of our team. You're the core and the nucleus of what we are. We're going to pay you this much money because this is what we expect from you. This is what you're worth. And therefore, you will win us hockey games. And when you don't, of course, it comes down on them. But to me, it's like a it's a collective thing. It's a leadership thing like you got to have guys on the team, the veteran guys, the Tavares and the geos, and then your coaching staff, you know, it's a mentality and a culture about what the expectations are around games and preparing for games, starting games, um, playing the full game and a commitment to the system, a commitment to defense and to the team first mentality. And they fucking abandon ship all the time with that type of stuff. And it just seems to go, um, you know, unscathed by them. And uh, we're not in the locker room. I don't know if they pull Mitch Marner aside and have private meetings, private video sessions. We don't know what's going on. So to be fair, that's true. Maybe, but it's just from their, the interviews, what they say, uh, you look at their, their body language, their facial expressions, you look at Keith on the bench and it just seems to be ho-hum, 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 we lost to Buffalo again. Ho-hum, we lost to Columbus. Oh, ho-hum, we lose two to Chicago. Like, it's unacceptable. Those are points that add up to, what, a dozen points at the end of the year? That's just six games that you drop. It could be more than that. It could be, like, more points. And and that matters, right? And it's not just, like, the points in the standings. Oh, well, that dozen points doesn't really mean you play a different team. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about a culture of hockey that the identity of the team, who we are when the going gets tough, who we are when we need to find our game. And when you play two games and you play ho-hum and no one cares, whatever, there's no, there's no, there's no real uh, urgency, urgency. There's no, there's no fucking, what am I talking about? Where you get desperation jam. No, where you get fucking whacked, spanked on the ass for a pee whack for having bad accountability, accountability, no accountability. Yeah. There's no repercussions for doing the same thing over again. Cause they just don't seem to like, it's you're, we're sitting there watching as fans screaming at the TV. Are you fucking kidding me? And they all just seem to be, Oh, hum. it's like, do they even know who they're playing or what they're doing again? And it becomes that frustration from the fan base. And to me, it's, it's unacceptable. And it starts from the top down and the leadership and the coaching staff. It just doesn't seem like they've breed bred the culture that needs to be there in order to, hold the team accountable and be what they're supposed to be. Again, it gets back to the whole point of paying these guys. Right. And we can talk about that till we're blue in the face, but 
you pay these guys to produce and get points, but you don't pay them for leadership and stuff like that. It feels that way at least, right? And ultimately, you can't fire an entire team. I think at some point in time, they will get Sheldon Keefe fired. Do I think Sheldon Keefe's a bad coach? No, I don't. I just couldn't agree more with you. It just, there's a lack of desperation, desperation, urgency. Like even watching the game against Ottawa, it's like, oh, we're up to nothing. Let's just mail it in for the night, call it a night, and we'll go out after the game. But it's, it, it doesn't work that way in the NHL, sadly. No, not even close. And I, I mean, uh, I wouldn't like, I don't know if I'm totally on the fire Keith train. I mean, if they did, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, but who's but, the like, blame? Who's to blame for these games where they don't show up or they spot Columbus a five, nothing lead. Like, are you, are you, can you blame the players anymore? Like how long is the onus going to be on the players and not the coach or vice versa? Well, at the end of the day, the, the players are always to blame, but I mean, if they haven't done, if they hadn't done it already, I'd say, get rid of this players coach, get rid of this country club, the zero accountability style of play and get kind of more of a hard ass in there who will make goddamn sure that they, you know, are ready to play that they understand that there'll be repercussions if they have those bullshit games, but they've done that with Babcock and maybe Babcock was, was too far that way. And, and they were checked out and refused to play for him. Okay. Maybe there's guys more in the middle. Maybe there's, you know, a better mix. Maybe Craig Brube would be better, but no one's going to know that unless they pull the trigger. But I mean, it just, this, this team's Achilles heel continues to show itself too much money in in too little of players, not enough defense, not enough grit, not well-rounded enough, you know, not enough, uh, not enough Florida Panthers in them, you know, where you, you spread out the wealth and everyone's on the same page and everyone's playing hard. And it just comes at you wave after wave of line after line and top to bottom, they all buy into the same shit. And it's like they're linked arms and they're going into war together. These guys are just like, we one guy, the other guy, who's this guy remember him, forgot about him and fucking, Whoa, I forgot. He like, wow, man, it's, it's, it's just Swiss cheese, the holes in this team. And it's frustrating because the potential's there, but fuck, do they have a hard time putting it together? So I guess the counter, and you're making some excellent points, the counter to, hey. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's fire key from bringing a hard ass, bring in somebody who's going to be stern. It's like the inmates run the asylum. Like, does that hurt your negotiations with Nylander? Does Mitch Marner say, you know, screw this? Like, does it rock the boat too much? is the question. And I think knowing what we know about this brain trust, specifically Brandon Shanahan doesn't really want to do that. Like he believes in these guys for some reason, he believes in them. I guess, I mean, you know, if, if you're not going to, what, what are you not going to resign Mitch Marner because you hire Craig Berube, then fuck them. So there's the door. Are you part of this organization or not? Do you want what's best? Like you think they're going to do something that they don't think is the best for the team? No. And, I know I have my opinion on Mitch Marner and, and what he's worth to the league and what you could get for him 
And what this core has proven to produce is not playoff worthy hockey. So my, in my mind, it's simple. You got this guy another year, use him to your advantage, unload him, get his shop him around and get as much as you possibly can for him. And fix the holes in the Swiss cheese with him because yeah. he's valuable and people would want him. People would pay for him and you're going to have to, you know, cough up some money for him. He's going to, he's probably going to go on fire the last six months of the year and demand fucking $14 million. And it's probably. like, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it, man. He's, he's not a warrior. He's not a playoff competitor. I don't think he's tough enough. I don't think he's got the jam phenomenal hockey player, but I'd rather get what we can for him on the market and, and fix your team and shore up your problems because it's kind of already proven to me, man, that, that it, it, this isn't working. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, again, I'm right there with you. I think if we're up to me, that's exactly what I would do. I'd re-sign Willie. I'd give Willie the, the, the Marner money and I'd move on from Marner. I mean, easier said than done. I yeah. think the Leafs are as guilty as any other team in the back of their minds. They're like, look at Tampa. They held on to John Cooper. They held on, they held on, they held on. Then they go on this crazy run where they win cup after cup. But the, 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 there's a noticeable difference between Tampa and Toronto. Do the Leafs have Andre Vasilevsky? No. Do they have Victor Hedman? No. You can make the argument they have their Stamkoses, they have their Kucherovs, do they have their points? Again, yeah. Some of those guys don't play that way in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They don't have the heart, the determination. But let's not forget Tampa was that team, too, where it's like, can they push through? I often talk about it on this podcast. It was like 10 to 12 years of Steven Stamkos is a, is a loser. He loses. I mean, that's what he did in the NHL. And tenfold, he has changed that perception of him the last couple of years, right? So I think that's the bright spot. It can be changed. And I think that's what's probably going on behind the scenes. They're like, it just takes one year. It takes one year for this team to push through, you know? Yeah, that's true. And that, that kind of gives you some hope, right? And oh man, I would love nothing more than to have it, you know, shoved down my throat and for that to happen. I am, I am, would like nothing more than that. And, you know, if, if we can make a little move at the deadline, if we can get some defensemen in there that, that work well together, that, that just play a system and, and gel well and just defend really well and you get into the playoffs and the Marners and the Matthews and the Tavares and the Nylanders are just guns blazing lights out there. They're just in sync for a month and a half. You can go deep. Joseph Wall gets healthy and all of a sudden he is the real deal. He is this beast between the pipes that just exudes confidence throughout the entire lineup, top to bottom. They go into the playoffs. If that all happens, yes, they can go on a run. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying what we have right now and what they're showing over and over and over again is just a lack of playoff mentality, a lack of consistency and a lack of defense. So I, all you can do is talk about what's been happening lately. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. Right along board with you. Uh, Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year and daily face off for those who smoke the competition Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team building skills. Download the Wendy's app, score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab a sweet victory from the mouth watering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never frozen beef. Sign up to play daily face off survivor to win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. So lucky for all of us, Rosie, the final game of 2023 and we get. Potentially another video tribute. Michael Bunting, the Scarborough native, set to return to Scotiabank Arena on Saturday night. True that. Fuck, he might. He'll get a little something, won't he? Yeah, more than Dubas. <laughs> As if they're giving Dubas shit. Yeah, they might give him a little something, a little wave. I'm all right with that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. what What's the, what's the switch here? What, who do we compare him to? We compare him to Bertuzzi or what? Yeah, that's it. That That's the debate I want to get into. Bunting versus Bertuzzi. I mean, the numbers are eerily close. It's not all about numbers, in my opinion. And I've yet to see Tyler Bertuzzi in a playoff format for this team. But 32 games to Bertuzzi, six goals, 14 points. Of course, signed a, a one-year deal at five and a half. Then you have Bunting signed a three-year deal at four and a half, 35 games played, seven goals, 24 points. By the way, he's on pace for 16 and 56 points. He had two 23-goal seasons with the Maple Leafs. But it's not all about the points with the players, and I really can't make a conclusion one way or another until we see Bertuzzi in the playoffs. Can you? 
No, I'd agree at, at face value at the beginning of the season. I absolutely loved the trade-off. Um, Bertuzzi has not really been up to expectations yet. Um, unfortunately, I think he's 10 points behind bunting even right now. And, you know, when you get a chance to play with some of these big boys, you'd like to see more production, but we're on lacking, you know, some impressiveness in Bertuzzi coming here. It's just, you don't see his like his rattiness. You don't see his physicality. You don't see him chirping off. You don't see him, you know, drawing money penalties. You don't see him firing up the other team and getting them pissed off. And, you know, I thought we were going to get a little bit more of that, a little bit more, um, you know, passion and aggression and intensity out of Bertuzzi. And we haven't seen that. I, I, I hope he finds it, but it just doesn't seem to quite be there. He hasn't been terrible or anything, but I expected more. And with bunting, you look back and you look at kind of his intensity and passion. And I kind of yearn for that right now. Although I'm, I am reminded that he was getting a little out of control. He was like a liability there at the end. I mean, it was almost like selfish stuff, like screaming at the refs. I mean, when has that ever gotten you anything positive out of a game or your career or the team, right? Like screaming at their bench and getting intense at, you know, scrums and all that stuff. Oh, I love it, man. But taking penalties and, and then getting more penalties taken against you because the refs hate you and doing all this personal stuff. It was getting a little out of control. So I do remember that. But long story short, I'd like to see Bertuzzi step it up a little bit in, in a, a few different areas. How about you? Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I still prefer Bertuzzi again. I want to see him in a playoff format. And like, yeah. unfortunately, the lasting memory of Michael Bunting, yeah, he can produce. Yeah, he looked good with Austin Matthews, but took some bad, bad penalties, bitched at the refs a lot. The refs at the end just hated the guy. He got suspended in the playoffs. Like you need your guys on the ice. Availability is the best ability. And I mean, when you're not playing, you're killing your team. It was like Nazem Kadri 2.0. I was going to um, say, not unlike but, Kadri. But the unfortunate part about that, like Nas goes on to win a cup. I just hope Bunting doesn't go on to win a cup. You know, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Personally, I don't care what guys do when they leave. Yeah. I mean, you make a decision for a reason and good luck to you if they win or not. I mean, fuck, there's, you know, how many things have to go into that. I mean, opportunity and everything else to, to fall into it. It doesn't really mean anything. It's not like people are like, see, we should have held on to Kadri. It's like, or what then we would have won a cup. Kadri won the cup on a, on oh, his yeah. own. Like that's just, I, I am always like roll my eyes, but certainly the Leafs do have a, a rich history of getting rid of players that go on to have mucho success, which yeah, just makes, just makes the frustration of being a Leafs fan even more. So it's almost like saying like, had the Leafs kept Tuka Rask and traded Justin Pogge that he would have been a hall of famer as a Maple Leaf. Uh, he probably would have been done after two seasons. Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, Pogi's numbers, speaking of Pogi World Juniors and stuff, my lord, was he ever a, a studly-looking goaltender coming in. And the the market of the Toronto goaltenders, choose another one up and spit some out, you know? But uh, yeah. Pogi's a good man. I like that kid. I played with him a little bit when I got to Toronto. And uh, solid dude. He says he's going to come on the show in the new year as well. So we'll get some World Junior stories out of him and pick his brain a little bit about what it was like to be a goaltender in Toronto. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a, it's a bit different. And, uh, you know, I'm curious after this season, a bit of review, review, like if we can get Martin Jones or hear from Martin Jones, how he felt about playing in this bubble. Joseph Wall, we've met up with before. It's just a different animal. And we're seeing it right now with Ilya Samsonov. They'll chew you up, spit you out. And it's it just unlike anything any other market has seen, with exception of maybe Montreal, maybe Vancouver. Like there, there's... You can count on one hand how many markets are like Toronto when it comes to goaltending. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating. Michael Bunting makes his return with Carolina. I do think it's a measuring stick game, too. Like, Freddie Anderson still not playing. Pyotr Kochekov has been really, really good for the Canes, but they're starting to buzz a bit. They got the big win last night. Andrei Svechnikov, a hat trick in that game. Sebastian Ajo's on fire. The veteran Brent Burns has been hot. Like, there's a lot of guns on that Carolina team, but, like, the positive news is that the Leafs seem to step up for games like this. So I wouldn't be shocked they came out and won that game, quite frankly. Well, you hope so. I mean, pretty solid team. I think they're sitting second in their division. Like you yeah. say, they spread it out pretty good. Uh, Freddie's still on the shelf. Ranta kind of up and down. But uh, one of those teams that could, you know, has a lot of potential. And if they give you their best, they're going to be a handful. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to focus on yourself. You'll be on a back-to-back. Hopefully it's kind of good vibes coming off of, of Columbus. Hopefully you could find some momentum that 
you can carry into the next day. But uh, I think it kind of all starts with uh, with tonight to figure out you know where they're at and and how they're doing and i mean if you can pull off a win with sammy and net i think that's huge for him huge for the team and then roll that into tomorrow and and see if you can have yourself a real good weekend by the way i pulled across a a really good stat uh from social media sheldon keith will coach his 300th nhl game tonight win or lose he'll be ranked number one all time in terms of wins percentage by coach at 300 games so (laughs) whoa yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, yeah. they've had those regular seasons, right? I mean, yeah. it's not a terrible team. It's not like we're this bottom feeder team bashing them. They're a they're a higher echelon team, and rightfully so with you know the the players that they have. But it's just like it's a lot of the same player. It's kind of a one dimensional team, right? With explosive firepower, it can be very exciting when they're on. But but yeah, they win a lot of games and they roll a lot of points out in in the regular season. They have done so. And I don't think anyone on this show or otherwise has said that they're just a dog shit hockey team. They're they're capable. It's just when it matters, they've just never, ever shown up and it's become a pattern, a theme and a frustration for fans. So, you know, yeah, that makes you want to tip your cap to Keith saying, hey, like, Obviously, he's done something right. I mean, the rich history of this team to have that accolade feather in your cap is is not anything to, to you know, to sneeze at. So good on him. But uh, once again, I just am lost for expectations and, and guesses at, at how they're going to move forward. I, I just I I can't I can't bring myself to have too much faith in them because they just draw. They're just so predictable at dropping the ball at certain points in times head shakingly odd times to drop the ball they just do it consistently very bewildering for sure uh you won't be shocked to know their record in 2023 so final two games of the calendar year regular season record 77 games played 44 22 and 11 105 point pace that's pretty much what this team has been under sheldon keith i wasn't shocked in seeing those numbers but how will you remember the 2023 rendition or the calendar year of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Rosie? I'll remember it as a yo-yo up and down, man. Um, some highs that look pretty high, man. Some, some reasons to get excited, some, some additions, some signings, some, some big play that is just makes you want to stand out of your chair and start clapping and, and, and cheering and then on the other side of the yo-yo, there's there's times where it's just bewilderment on on how bad they can be, on how inconsistent they can be, and how frustrating they can be. So a yo-yo year for me, for sure. Um, I I I just I hope for consistency in 2024. I really do. I hope that they can just carve out an actual like what is their identity? Like most good teams have an identity, and these guys just don't. Their identity is hope. We hope, we hope they do this in the playoffs. We hope they find a goaltender that works. We hope their defense is good enough to do X, Y, Z. It's just, it's all we've ever done with this group is, is hope for the best. And I hope that we can just stop hoping and start like understanding like what the identity is. For me, it was a roller coaster, similar to you with the yo-yo analogy. Same thing for me, just ups and downs and wild moves and shakes and flashes. It's like, I just want to see consistency. They're consistently inconsistent, and that's not good for a team that pins themselves on trying to win a Stanley Cup and being a Stanley Cup contender. So it's pretty simple. I mean, there's no doubt this team is legitimate. They got some really, really good players. They got some really, really core foundation pieces. But can you put things together is the question. And will it be enough that the outside guys that you bring in at the trade deadline, say it's a Tanev, say it's somebody else, say it's a, you know, a couple of different guys, can they be enough to get you over the top? Because the... The disconcerting part is that, you know, we interviewed Luke Shen and he really didn't tell us much, but you can, I mean, the writing was on his face. I mean, it wasn't difficult for the guy to leave Toronto. Ryan O'Reilly, we had on the show. It wasn't like, oh my God, you've got to fucking pull my ear to get me out of this city. Like, there's a reason behind that. Yeah, money's a thing, but there's a reason why these guys are just choosing to move on. I I do truly feel that way. It's like, if you strongly felt that, hey, these guys have it in them, we're going to do it. I think you'd find a way to stay, but I just don't get that sense from a variety of different guys we've talked 
to, uh, you know, in the, in the year and a half we've been doing this show. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's kind of the curse of the plague of Toronto. And, you know, every player that's played for that, it, it has been a totally different experience than anything they've done. They have appreciated the hell out of pulling that sweater over your head and saying mm-hmm. you've done it and been part of it. But also to move on to different markets sometimes can be a relief. And that just is the nature of the beast, unfortunately. And, you know, we're still all just waiting patiently for the right mixture of players to get that thing on and to get it done and to, to find it, man. And it is as difficult as ever and continues to, sh- to be something that uh, everyone is still desiring. So, you know, once again, we, we hope into 2024. Our girl, Tammy in the chat, travesty is the identity of the team, not hope. LOL. Travesty. <laughs> yeah. You can tell you know, you get, sometime, some days it, it's unique that, to me, it's always fascinating doing this podcast because you would think we're talking about a 20-point team, but the Leafs are like six points out of first in the Atlantic. It just shows you the expectations are sky high, but they should be because you look at the players on that roster and you see pockets where they're an all-star team, right? That is the thing. That is the yo-yo, man. It's uh, How can you be so good and so bad? Like The disparity between their good hockey mm-hmm. and bad is so far apart. I've almost never seen anything like it, you know? Usually you play on teams that are lower pack, mid pack or upper echelon and you kind of get kind of a consistency throughout the year. Yeah, everyone has their stinkers. Everyone has their blowouts. But this group is is kind of like none other that I've seen. And I think that's the that's the frustration with the market because the hopes get so high when they're playing well. And when you see what they're capable of. And good Lord, man, we're going to train wreck everybody. And then they just fall off the planet in such grotesque ways that everyone's just stunned and then wants to light the place on fire because they're so frustrated with with falling for it again or getting their hopes built up and shattered. So it, it is an anomaly, this team, and they're different than many others that I've seen. And I don't claim to be the one that can quite put my finger on it. Well... Here's the 2024, my friend. Yeet. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> we're not drinking on today's show. A week ago, Rosie went on uh, Barn Burner and got shit faced. So we're past those days. The holiday season's over for you, right? I don't even know if I want to talk about that. I've, no, I can't even remember myself. We, we I was so far show. gone at the end. I was so far gone at the end. I don't even remember Robin Regeer being on. And I just, <laughs> I get anxiety when I like hear a clip of it or hear my voice just going off on a drunken <laughs> booze ramble i just yeah a little bit maybe maybe eight drinks of christmas would have been a little better than 15 or whatever it was god we we have to get you let's get your agent back in the mix because if i was your agent i've been watching a lot of entourage i would not have advised you to do that show okay. you think it was bad now i got more anxiety <laughs> no i don't think it was bad it's just i know i know social media Nah, they didn't do shit they know you you escaped the other side. It's great to see you. Now go check out that show on Barn Burner, the Holiday Spirits episode. The Botano Wrap-Up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, make sure to head on over to Botano, by the way, Rosie, and bet on the Winter Classic. That's coming up on January 1st, Vegas and Seattle. Uh, we put together a bit of a, uh, um, a parlay that you can put forth uh, over at Botano with the Nation Network. Uh, mine includes a Vegas dub. Jack Eichel uh, assist. And how about a saves prop for Seattle? I don't know if it's going to be Joey Decord or somebody else, but I like Vegas to win that game. But what are you looking at in this Leafs game tonight? Well, I think we already teed it up, man. You're taking the under. I'm under. taking the over. Under. I got the okay, I'm going to smash the over. I mean, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I, I can't believe you're taking the under on this. You think they're going to... You think they're going to turn into a glass and out team just fucking out of the blue? I hope you're right, but I just see a high scoring affair and I I hope it's because the boys are on fire, but it could also be because Sammy gets yanked for the third consecutive game and is a funnel. And I I hope, I hope he finds it tonight, man. I I tweeted at Jason Strudwick the other day and I said, hey, the Leafs could really use somebody to teach them how to put the puck off the glass, man. Their D-zone exits scare the shit out of me, man. They they just want to hold on to that puck, man. It reminds me of like the first year analytics was really, really big. And the Leafs just felt this need that they couldn't dump the puck in. They had to have it all game and it just led to fucking chaos. And 
I feel like it's getting to that point again where it's just like put the puck off the glass, ice the puck, man. Believe in your face-off, guys. Like it just seems so simple watching the game on TV. And then you watch it unfold and you're like, wow, like why are they making that decision? But it's so hard for me to analyze that way. I've never played anywhere close to the show. I've never dealt with the fatigue of a shift in the NHL. Like I get there's so many impacts and factors that go into decision making, but like I can tell you positivity, hundred percent, those, those ticky tack Mitch Marner in between the leg passes and the D zone, those can go. Okay. Those can go. They sure can. And the problem with having an offensive minded forward group, it makes it tough on the D man. I mean, you see them sometimes like, like you say, holding onto the puck too long, but the options are gone. Like these guys are blowing the zone and they're looking for their cookies yeah. and they're trying to find, you know, get a step on the D man. And, and if you can't get the, if, if there's no, like you can't make the dangerous play, you got to try to find the smart one. And then two seconds go by and all of a sudden you're on your own back there. It's difficult. Yeah. And you know, it's on the forwards. That's why I say just as much as the defenseman to, to make the right breakout passes, to make the right plays in the D zone and, and to protect the puck and, and be smart with it back there. And I'm telling you when forwards hang out to dry on the back end, Holy smokes, it, it can go South and it can make you look bad. So, um, you know, a little bit more of a, uh, a well-rounded team game tonight would be nice. I almost forgot to, because Rosie's here. Johnny Goodrow, anytime point. Maybe Johnny Goodrow, anytime goal. You know what's going to happen. So, Johnny Goodrow to lay on the ice and end up in tears. Maybe the over. I can't, like, dude, reaching, reading social media in the last, like, 10 minutes before I did this show, I couldn't believe how many people are on the Maple Leafs. Have we not learned anything about this team? This is what they do. They come out and lose to Columbus. That's what they do. So prove After me wrong. After losing right? to Ottawa, that'd be fuck, man. The place I'll be uh, like a lot of faith will be gone if, if they, they lose they this game. It. Maybe yeah, it'll just be Sammy not having it again. And okay, that that's understandable. Not a lot you can do about that. But uh, like you said, a bit of a measuring stick game, like is that group able to bear down and say, listen, we're done with this shit. But dude, let's go. Why would they do it right now, Rosie? It's not going to happen. Not to be like that. Mr. Disbelief. It's not going to happen. Like they don't, they don't just flip a switch and be like, you know what? Now's the time we're going to be a hockey team. I just don't see it. I really don't. Well, I'm not predicting either way. Like I said, I'm taking the over. You're taking the under. We'll see. we're, We're not, we're not choosing sides in this game, man. I just can't do it anymore with this team, especially what we know. I got the record right here. They're two, six and one against bottom seven teams in this league. And they have 10 regulation victories in 32 games. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, cheers to 2023. Happy New Year, Rosie. Same to you guys. Enjoy the weekend. Be smart. Use your heads. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. And we'll see you in 2024. I wouldn't say that. Do do ever, the opposite of what we would do. Uh, many thanks, everybody in the chat. You guys are fantastic. At the Leafs Nation 401. Many thanks to producer Aaron, producer Vic. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. And we'll talk next year. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Tape. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know.